one. Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends related, Shining Tom Station, and all other uh, related characters, properties, etc. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. All right. And in celebration of the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S., we are going to be doing a commentary on the Shining Time Station episode, Billy's Party. Um, <clears throat> we're jumping ahead uh, quite a bit from our previous Shining Time Station commentaries to season three of the series. Um, but we uh, can, if you have this episode, um, you know, it is available on uh, YouTube um, and possibly some other platforms as well. But if you have the episode available, uh, you can go ahead and uh, press play now. This episode was, I believe, among a, a handful of season three episodes that were released on VHS. And so if, if anyone is lucky enough to have obtained a VHS copy of it, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Not one of the ones that I do own. I own a few of the of the uh, VHS releases of Shining Time right. Station, but I I've never seen this one. I I found you know my various ones. I I haven't really hunted them down, uh, no. but I found them at you know various uh, thrift stores and and things like that. But sure. um, I I've never never ever seen this one around. Right. Nor nor have I, and I I only have a couple of the uh, VHSs, but. Uh... I've I have a soft spot for this episode. It's it's one of the episodes that I watch once a year every time Thanksgiving rolls around. I uh pull up pull it up on YouTube and watch it. It's it's a good episode. I like Steamer's outfit as well. I like so Steamer's good. outfit a lot, absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of Midge Smoot. Um Oh she, yes. I think one of the best characters to come out of the series. Yes. She definitely was. Um, played by the uh, late Bobo Lewis. So, what's interesting about this episode is that it uh, it actually aired in May of 1993. So, once again, uh, as in our previous commentary on things that go gahuga in the night, um, this episode did not air around the holiday that uh, the episode centers around. It seems to be a recurring thing yeah. with <laughs> uh, with these episodes, in that they air months before the holiday that they're supposed to be about with things that go to the night, it was aired in June, <laughs> I think. And this one, as you said, was aired quite a bit earlier than Thanksgiving. So uh, it, it is interesting. Uh, and, and of course it's, it's entirely possible that, you know, it was just a, one of those things where they expected it to be either earlier or later in the year. And, you know, um, just, you know, one of those mishaps in scheduling. Right, absolutely. Um, that cornucopia Midge is holding is quite, uh, quite nice. I, I always liked the idea of a cornucopia, and I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah, it's a nice little kind of a uh, piece of rustic Americana. Oh yes. Um, you, already we can see just from this tiny little bit of a uh, of a season three episode. We can see the absolute jump in speed and pacing of the show right. from the first season to this. Oh, um, definitely. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, the first season is glacial compared to this. So, um, <laughs> very much so. It's, uh, we, we would st- quite interesting. <laughs> if this were season one, we'd still be back with 
Midge and Steamer in the arcade, or not even having got to the arcade yet. No, probably not. We'd ha- we'd have a pan a, a long pan over the mural. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but yeah. as much as we do, as much as we do not to, we do enjoy Shining Time Station. For those listening, <laughs> it's it's just uh, season one, and and like I said in the previous commentary, it's because neither of us grew up with it. We grew up with. Well, myself, season two and three, and for you, Orion, I know it was season three mostly. Yeah, absolutely, and really, uh, genuinely, only uh, I really only grew up watching one episode that I was able to get out of my library. They had the VHS of Becky Makes a Wish, which we will do a commentary on in the future. Yes, Um, but so that was really the only episode that I remember that I have vivid memories of watching over and over and over and over again. Um, right. However, uh, once I became a Thomas fan later, um, around the time that I was, uh, you know, 12 or 13, mm-hmm. uh, then I rediscovered Shining Time Station and was able to watch it through the magic of YouTube. Um, yes. So then I was able to see everything else. But really, I, I only was familiar with, with one episode of Shining Time Station and the, and the, the overall concept of right. time station i'm sure uh, being a child of that era i most likely watched um story time with thomas um yes at one point um or um reruns of shining time station on fox family or mr conductor's thomas tales i'm sure right um but but becky makes a wish is the the one that sticks out in my mind i um i also uh do uh do enjoy the character of J.B. King here, played by Mark Holswit. Yes. J.B. is one of my, one of my personal favorite uh, side characters. I mean, because you mentioned Midge Smooter Lown, and she's one of them as well. Uh, but there's something about J.B. King where there's a, a lot changes between seasons one, two, and... Well, there's a lot of change between seasons one and two, of course, but... In season one, you know, he's the very strict, stern head of the railway. And he still is that in seasons two and three. But he becomes a lot, a, a bit more bumbling in season three. He becomes a bit more comedic in, in that he's, he's, very, he's still very straight-laced. But it, it, the comedy from him comes from in how seriously he takes everything. Right, absolutely. Yeah, they they definitely learned to write for the characters better, and they learned to mine the comedy um, a little bit better in these uh, in these later uh, series and, and episodes. Um, I would say overall, they're they're quite a bit funnier. Um, the actors yes. were more familiar with their characters, and and the writers were just more familiar, and I think had a clearer idea of what worked and what didn't work for the show. Right. Um, so. It also helped, I think, that they transitioned from New York to Toronto. Uh, and a- again, this is not a slight on the acting of either of the two children from season one. They were kids at the time. We don't expect kids to be fantastic actors, but I do think that the actors from seasons two and three are just a little bit better. Well, see, I would say that I would say that Erica Luttrell is better. Um, oh, yes. Is better. Um, but I would not say um, that the actor who plays Dan, his name is uh, escaping me at the moment. Ari Magger. Uh, Ari Magger, yes. Uh, correct. Um, 
I don't like, I never cared for him. And what's, and what's even more interesting for me, only growing up with the one episode, it's, it's just so peculiar that, of course, the only episode that I ever grew up watching of Shining Time Station was Becky Makes a Wish. And right. that episode does not feature Dan or Kara. So I never had any idea that there were any other kids on the show. Aside from Becky. Aside from Becky, exactly. So it right. is quite interesting that that was the one episode that I, you know, that I saw. But uh, just very, uh, you know, very, very interesting. And never sure why that episode only has her in it. But, right. um, but, but that's just the way that it, that it fell. So I, I had, I never had any idea. <laughs> and here we are seven minutes, seven and a half, eight minutes into an episode and we're already with the jukebox probably there. Now, you would not get that in a season one episode. They wouldn't show up until almost the end. But here, we, we're, like I said, eight minutes in. We finally get, get to them. And, well, they're not even, well, they are in the jukebox, of course. Uh, they're in their dressing room. So. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, uh, I love the, the ideas and the sets that they had for, um, for the various locations within the jukebox. And we, we see more of those in, in other episodes and uh, uh, memorably in the one hour family special, one of the family uh, yes. with uh, Terry Gar, a sister conductor. Uh, and, uh, and of course, George Carlin is Mr. Conductor. They go inside the jukebox in that one as well. Yes. Uh, which of course we will have to cover in a commentary at some point. I think we'll probably do most, if not all of the one hour specials, I would think. Cause they, yeah, th- there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about with those episodes. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of change and, well, what is quite interesting is that um, we are, uh, of course, the jukebox puppet band here are singing uh, singing a song here yes. of uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But um, but what's quite interesting is that um, we are uh, about nine minutes into the episode, and Mister Conductor has still not appeared. Especially because this is a season three episode, that's very peculiar. It is. It's quite interesting because it, so many of the episodes of this era were essentially all focused around Mr. Conductor. So Mr. Right. Conductor or Schemer. So, right. uh, yeah, so it, it is quite interesting um, that is. he hasn't even showed up yet. This, um, this song that they're doing, it's a medley of actually two songs. Uh, we gather together and come ye thankful people come. Um, both of which uh, I have at least noticed uh, are used in uh, Thanksgiving orientated church services uh and i i just find it interesting that they they use this music and i liked their rendition of this song uh or both of these songs uh, put together and uh yeah absolutely i agree um just some nice yes and um nice music here yeah and uh according to my research here this is the first and only time that the jukebox puppet band are not in their usual performing room during the entire episode that's correct yes so yeah all, all just in there just completely in their dressing room or yeah. whatever this dining room i guess i i love this i love this gag with the turkey uh before the song Retito says he's going to go dress the turkey and then we have after the song the turkey coming out in a suit and top hat and the monocle. <laughs> yes. Very very amusing. Yes. And of course, the what's for dinner part where everyone gasps, including the turkey. Mm. <laughs> and Tito's eyebrows there. Quite, quite amusing. <laughs> yes. Um, 
And I think this is the only appearance of Mr. T, the turkey. <laughs> Which makes I sense, of course. I they couldn't find much, much use for him in other... That's a good point. In other episodes. <laughs> Very true. Um, so, yes. Uh, the thing about Ari Madger, actually, it's quite unfortunate. He actually passed away, I think, in 2013. Oh, really? Yeah. I I don't know what of, but I distinctly remember hearing about that. So, and we finally do get Mister Conductor a whopping eleven minutes into the episode. It, essentially halfway. <laughs> yes, I mean episode. if you if you figure that these are for PBS and they're half an hour, then yeah, it is nearly the halfway point. Um, and I like. They did this a few times with Ringo as Mr. Conductor, but I do like how they have uh, George Carlin's Mr. Conductor in a variety of suits rather than just the conductor outfit. Because, of course, you know, the conductor outfit is iconic, but uh, it's it's nice to see him when he's able to dress up at times. Right, absolutely. And this is, um, of course, we're into uh, the only Thomas story. And this was the case for um, pretty much all of the ep- episodes that were released um, t- to VHS yes. for Shining Time Station. They only had one Thomas episode. Right. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not sure why, I guess, because they, uh, they also would have had the Schema Presents featurette at the end of the episode um, the ju- uh, and the... Um, the Shining Tub Station drive-in feature at the beginning. Right. So that kind of padded out the, the runtime there too. But I, I would like to think, and this is based on, you know, having watched pretty much every episode of the show now, I, I would like to think that by the time of season three, they were invested enough in the human characters and felt that the audience was invested enough in the human characters to be able to write enough material that they only really needed one Thomas story to fill time. Because if, if you watch pretty much any season three episode that only has one, uh, one Thomas story in it, they're pretty much good. I mean, there's only a few episodes where the padding really feels like padding. It's true. I guess it's just interesting because there are other episodes throughout season three that do end to that, that do have, Two episodes, right? Uh, but only the ones that released on VHS have one, and maybe mm-hmm. that was also because they didn't want to uh, cannibalize the market with the uh, with the other Thomas VHSs that were out at the time, right? Um, you know, they they didn't want to include two on there, uh, and actually, it's possible that it may have been an agreement with uh, Strand, who would have been releasing the um, the videos in the U.S. this time. Or video treasures towards the end of the, the run here, um, right. or even t- time life released some videos in the U.S. Um, but it's possible that there was an agreement there because the Shining Time Station videos were not released by Strand or Video Treasures; they were no. released by Kid Vision. Exactly. Uh, so it, it, that would be uh, interesting that they they there may have been a, a contract issue saying that you're not allowed to put out because. And that would make perfect sense. I mean, oh, why yes. should they lose money because someone bought a Shining Town Station VHS with two episodes instead of buying their their tape that had, you know, uh, six or right. eight, I suppose. And, and that is a good point. That's very true. Uh, now, this Thomas story, of course, in the world of Shining Time Station, this wouldn't have an official title. It would only have had a title when it was released on uh, on a Thomas VHS. It is, of course, Thomas and Percy's Mountain Adventure 
or uh, in the UK, Thomas and Percy's uh, Christmas Adventure. And it's interesting the way that they cut this episode up for American audiences. Now, I've watched both the US and UK narrations, and it made sense as a kid, but looking back, it does make a lot of sense as a uh, Christmas episode. But of course, in the US, they marketed this as a Thanksgiving episode, and they did change around a lot of the word, and even cut almost an entire 30-second chunk of the episode to make it fit the theme of Thanksgiving in the U.S. Right, and although this version that's in the episode isn't butchered in no. the same way that it it was later butchered to make it a Christmas. What's interesting is that it was a Christmas episode. They right. turned it into a Thanksgiving episode with the narration yes. for this, um, you know, for the Shining Time Station release and then on the Percy's Ghostly Trick VHS in the U.S. Um, and that was fine. And, sure. And there's nothing wrong with it. But no, then when they re-released it on Thomas's Christmas Wonderland, I believe would have been the first time that it was released as a Christmas episode. It US. was. They butchered it because the narration is out of sync. Yes, and that's, so, that's right. And so then it's completely messed up. And what's interesting is that you know by taking it back to the Christmas episode, it was actually ruined as opposed to just them changing it into a Thanksgiving episode. Which is, because it is funny because they're left in... The entire season, uh, the, the entire UK footage, because again, they cut an entire 30 seconds of footage for the US release, but they put the footage back in, but kept the narration the same length as the original US release and just replaced all references of Thanksgiving back to the proper Christmas. And the narration just ends early. And we have the rest of the episode with uh, sort of either complete silence or Christmas music. Yeah, very, 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 very strange, and yes, uh, just a, uh, just odd. But yes, but not in this episode. This episode no. was fine. <laughs> it, well, because this was the Thanksgiving variant of the episode, right? So. And this is, the, and that's the one that I grew up with. So, oh, same here. That, that's uh, not not from this particular Shining Time Station episode, but right. from its uh, from its placement on the Percy's Ghost of Trick VHS, which was which was one that I watched a lot. So, right. I always do feel bad for Billy in this episode because, you know, I mean, he he was invited to this party and it sounds like a really cool party, actually, uh, for for a, way, a railwayman. And he really doesn't get to go to it at all. I mean, of course, it all turns out well in the end, as every Shining Time Station episode does. But you can't help but feel for him a bit during this the midway point of the episode where we're at now. You know, yeah, there's never a sad ending in a in a Shining Time Station episode. So. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, um, and I like the, the whole idea of, um, just a Thanksgiving episode because Thanksgiving to me at least is a holiday that is often overlooked in mainstream media. Um, there, I mean, yes, there are Thanksgiving episodes of various TV series a lot, but it seems like a lot of people jump from Halloween to Christmas, which outside of the U.S. makes a lot of sense. But in the U.S. where we do have Thanksgiving uh, and people do still jump from Halloween to Christmas, it Thanksgiving just kind of gets skipped over a lot of the time. And so I, I always like seeing a Thanksgiving episode of a TV series. 
Yeah, I'm not sure where this was filmed. Um, this this little piece of footage no. here. Um, not I. I'm not sure if it was filmed specifically for Shining Time Station or if it was just a piece of uh, a piece of footage that was used. Well, the filming does look different, slightly different to outdoor filming we would see in the future of Shining Time Station. However, that is the same diesel that they would use for some of the outdoor scenes in the family specials. So it could very well have been uh, filmed in Toronto uh, on the same railway that they used for the family specials. And maybe they just had a different camera for, well, obviously they had to have had a different camera for outdoor scenes. But, you know, the film just looks a little different than all of the indoor scenes do. Right, absolutely. But, uh, but yes. And I like, I do like this scene though, uh, with Stacy's narration about the boomers and the hobos and nice bit of railway history, you know? Yeah. And the show really is, is overall always a celebration of American, uh, railroad. Yes. Uh, heritage. But then that, and that's the, that's the, you know, the, the, the funny aspect of it because, you know, the show only exists because of a British railway related institution. Right. Um, so it, it's quite funny uh, in, in that way. And there is a slight disconnect, you know, for, uh, as an adult who knows the difference between British and American rail uh, railways or railroads, you know, it is, it, it does seem very, very strange. Yes. Which of course came to a head with, Thomas and the Magic Railroad, because it didn't really make sense that it was being called a railroad, and there was such a heavy Shining Time Station influence on that. But, uh, right. but it, I think it's fair to say that when when Brit Allcroft was originally conceiving of of having a movie of Thomas um, or of Shining Time Station or, you know, that Shining Time Station was still in the consciousness and was still fresh in her mind. Right. Anyway. Um, but, you know, had it been just a few years later, I'm sure that Shining Time Station would not have had any role whatsoever no. in, uh, in Thomas and the Magic Railroad, but, but that's for another commentary. Exactly. Uh, now this bit with the anything, uh, no, I'm sorry, with the uh, picture machine, I've always really liked this bit, particularly because of the song. Uh, the song is just called Thanksgiving, and it's done actually by Kevin Roth, the same man that does the uh, theme song for Shining Time Station. Right. Uh, and I don't know why it is, but um, this song in particular uh, touches me a bit. Uh, it seems a lot of the Kevin Roth uh songs from the picture machine do that because there's another one that really gets to me uh but we'll talk about that when we do a commentary for another holiday themed episode but um but this is nice i like this yeah absolutely um uh, and it is as i was saying earlier it, it is fitting that a uh, that a very American show, of course, has a uh, an episode based around Thanksgiving, which is an American holiday. Um, but but as you said, it is funny that 
it springs from a British institution, but it's Shining the Temptation is very American. Oh, absolutely. Or, I mean, really uh, Canadian, almost. I mean, it, you know, it, in certain ways, but. The, well, yes, the, but it's also very 90s, like early 1990s American, though. It, it really couldn't have. I, I can't see Shining Time Station existing at, at any other time than it did, as as we've said before. No, absolutely. It's a yeah. and like many things, it's a, it's a product of its time. Um, yes. And uh, what's interesting too is that um, the Schemer Presents episode, uh, which we will do uh, commentaries on, I would imagine in the future, po- probably just as as one bunch um, of those short episodes uh that were uh, yeah for those who aren't familiar the schemer presents series was featured on the uh shining time station vhs releases they were short videos basically essentially schemer uh learning or teaching how to do something but in a you know in a comedic way um and usually with with something going wrong particularly the one that i grew up with was uh, how to clean your room that was the one that was on the becky makes a wish vhs on this one it tied in with the story um right. actually because it was uh, how to have good table manners so it was related to um you know at least related to thanksgiving or you know having a party um right but the uh, some of them didn't always relate which is interesting because really how to clean your room should have been on the uh, vhs of uh, stacy cleans up but it was not well, that's ironic. Um, and it is nice, I think, that the Schemer Presents shorts uh, actually did tie into an episode for once. Because uh, I also had a, one of the VHSs, and it um, didn't exactly uh, tie in with uh, the theme of the episode. But uh... Right, and the, the, the Stacey Cleans Up uh, VHS had a Schemer Presents episode of how to get something done. So vaguely right. related, but how to clean your room really would fit better. <laughs> it would. Um, and this is honestly probably because it's a holiday episode. It's probably one of the best uh, uses of a Thomas episode in a Shining Time Station oh, yes. episode, um, because often they yes. were they were kind of uh, wedged in there in a slightly contrived right. manner. But in this case, it, it, they, they fit perfectly with some editing from the original version, but it still works. Yeah. And it, it's still more closely related than many other instances throughout the series. So, Right. And of course we have, as you said, nothing, Shining Time Station always has a happy ending. And so of course we end with literally everybody showing up again at the, uh, station uh, since Billy missed the uh, party with the boomers and the hobos uh, everyone comes back for the uh, to, to the station to have their own Halloween party or Thanksgiving party I'm sorry Thanksgiving party so although I I, I must admit I, I do like the bit where um, Billy and JB Kane are talking and they just say each other's name a few times <laughs> so yeah and again I I feel that this is one of my favorite episodes of at least season three uh, partly because it is a holiday episode it's it's based around one of my favorite holidays 
uh, it has a lot of heart. Shining Temptation in general has a lot of heart, but uh, this one in particular does, is, I, I think. It really fits the overall feeling of what Thanksgiving is supposed to be about. Right, and um, but once again, Mr. Conductor, barely in this episode. Uh, yeah, he, I just you know he just popped up there again, and it's like I almost forgot that like, what show I'm watching <laughs> because he's, right? yeah, he's he's usually in every uh, you know, uh, especially in in these season three episodes, he's in almost every scene at least once. But this is a, a rare occurrence of him not being in it. So JB Tina's face when he sees the tiny cookies from Mister Conductor, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Be- beautiful ending as well with everyone sitting down to a Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I liked Billy's comment about how uh, a, a railway station can be a really warm place on a holiday. And, and I think that's fitting for really any holiday themed episode of Shining Time Station uh, in that it's always very warm. And that's part of the reason why it's lasted so long in the minds of people who were around to watch it, I think. Absolutely. So, but yes, uh, really good episode. I thought, and, um, I'm actually sad that it's over on, on, and, and as, as you said at the beginning, you can really see the contrast between the season one episodes and the season three episodes, uh, in that this episode just sort of flew by. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is hard to believe that it's done. <laughs> yeah, um, we will, of course, go back and do other Shining the Time Station episodes, but we wanted to get this out specifically because it is our first Thanksgiving episode, and really, probably the only one because there, because Thomas is supposed to be set in the British Isles there really aren't any Thanksgiving themed episodes aside from the Americanized version of Thomas and Percy's mountain adventure. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so, so what are your final thoughts on Billy's party? No, good, good episode. Um, you know, uh, season three of shining time station, I would say is definitely the best season. Um, yeah. and, um, but yeah, this is a good highlight and, uh, and, as the only Thanksgiving episode of the series, it, it, it works well. And yeah. a nice use of a Thomas episode. So re- nice. Retooled for American audiences. Yes. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to our commentary for Billy's Party. And for some reason, I always want to call this Billy's Thanksgiving. And I'm fairly certain that it actually had that title for some time. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but... I remember some early airings of the series. I think I have a very vague recollection that one of the early airings of this show, it was called Billy's Thanksgiving, but then it was the title was changed for the VHS release. I think I could be wrong about that though. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I, maybe I'm confusing it with something else, but I swear that at one point this was called Billy's Thanksgiving. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Twitter uh, at TalkingThomas1. Uh, send us a tweet. Uh, th- keep those lights coming in. We've got a lot of them now. Um, we can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash TalkingThomas. Um, 
And of course, you can find us at a number of podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, of course, which is our home, uh, and a lot of other, po- any, anywhere that good podcasts can be found. Absolutely. So, all righty. Well, I guess it's time for us to be heading off, because uh, I don't know about you, I'm getting ready for my Thanksgiving meal. So um, until next time, we'll see you around and have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody.